1: as well as other injustices against marginalized communities.
0: Make sure you subscribe and review wherever you are listening, and be sure to follow us on all social media at Your Queer Story.
1: And if you want exclusive content, join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash yourqueerstory. You're here, now let's get queer.
0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get your free 30-day trial and free audiobook download by going to
2: audible.com slash queer
0: it's actually audibletrial.com slash queer but Evan can never get shit straight no, so.
2: that's why I always pass it off to you whatever <laughs> go to audible put in the code queer
0: Welcome back, questions Today we're continuing our story about the Marquis de Sade. but if you haven't listened to the first episode, then this one might be a little hard to follow, so I recommend going back and taking a listen to that episode before you continue.
2: That's right. Two-parters are the best. Also, this episode is brought to you by Audible, but it's also brought to you by our Patreons, and we just want to say thank you to you guys for... Uh, going on our Patreon page, subscribing. We've got a lot of exclusive footage there for you. We've got videos on current topics. We've got challenges. We've got all pictures. All kinds of stuff is up there. So you can go and you can subscribe for $1, $3, $5, or $20. You can do a month, six months, a year. Anything. Every little bit helps.
0: And you help us continue to do this podcast comfortably. Because <laughs> without you... We Spend a lot of money on this thing.
2: (laughs) Also, we've been able to do a lot of like face to face meetups in the area because we take this money and we also put it into that. Yep. You know, and we were at Worcester Pride last week, and of course, uh, you know, donations from Patreon is what helped us be able to have a booth there. So, uh, we want to do more stuff like that at more prides in the future. So, again, every little bit helps. So, thank you so much to those of you who have gone to our Patreon. You can go to patreon.com. Slash your queer story and you can subscribe.
0: And you know the beautiful thing is? everyone thinks I made everything slash your queer story to keep it brand recognizable and I really did it so Evan could actually know what he was talking about whatever. that is true
2: because otherwise it's just a mess and I am grateful for that because I wouldn't know where the hell we were going <laughs> I still can't log into our gmail account properly but I try every time I'm messaging Paul I'm like wait what's the password again it's been the same <laughs> since
0: day one but.
2: <laughs> but yeah anyways so yeah and remember you can check us out on all so speaking of our brand you can check us out on all forms social media Facebook Twitter Tumblr Pinterest um, Instagram YouTube did you say YouTube YouTube you can find us on YouTube with some of our videos now all at your queer story slash or at your queer story absolutely
0: and again we have our special guest Katie Hoffman
2: glad to be back Yes. Remember, Katie is an aspiring sexual educator and also a member of the BDSM community and a fan of the Marquis de Sade, who has read all of his works. And so a good... Most of his work. She always says most of his work. She didn't read the works that were burned. And you know what? (laughs) A real fan would have. Yeah. (laughs) That extra mile. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah. So she's a good voice here. And um, today we're going to be... Speaking of it, we're going to be talking about his works. Specifically, so a little bit about the rest of his story, but mostly about his his um, his literature. Um, all right,
0: mm-hmm. all right. Before we dive back into the story, we want to state a trigger war- a trigger warning. This story will talk about rape, assault, bondage, BDSM, kink, and more. We are not applauding the Marquis de Sade but we do think his work has been influential for the kink community and we believe discussions around bedroom play and sexual fantasies are important so we've taken on this very controversial figure but remember you don't have to listen if you don't want to if you're in the mood for something li- lighter ugh. if you're in the mood for something lighter then check out our episode on David and Jonathan or hop over to our website and read a few of our blogs you can even subscribe to our patreon for just one to three dollars a month, and check out our exclusive videos. For those of you still listening though, let's get weird. Yeah.
2: Come to this the fatal hour, where at last from the eyes of the deluded man the scales must fall away, and be shown the cruel picture of his errors and his vices. Say, my son, do you not repent the host of sins unto which you were led by weakness and human frailty?
3: Yes, my friend, I do repent.
2: Rejoice, then, at these pangs of remorse. During the brief space remaining to you, profit therefrom to obtain heaven's general absolution for your sins. And be mindful of it. Only through the mediation of the most holy sacrament of penance will you be granted it by the Eternal.
3: I do not understand you any more than you have understood me. Eh? I told you that I had repented.
2: I heard you say it. Yes,
3: but without understanding it.
2: My interpretation- Hold.
3: I shall give you mine. By nature created, created with very keen tastes, with very strong passions, placed on this earth for the sole purpose of yielding to them and satisfying them. And these effects of my creation being not but necessities directly relating to nature's fundamental designs or, if you prefer, not for in accordance with her laws. I repent not having acknowledged her omnipotence as fully as I might have done. I am only sorry for the modest use I have made of the faculties, criminal in your view, perfectly ordinary in mine, she gave me to serve her. I did sometimes resist her. I repented. Misled by your absurd doctrines, with them of four arms, I mindlessly challenged the desires instilled in me by a much diviner inspiration, and thereof I do repent. I only plucked an occasional flower, when I might have gathered an ample harvest of fruit. Such are just grounds for the regrets I have. Do me the honor of considering me incapable of harboring any others."
0: The excerpt we just read was from the 1782 writing, Dialogue Between a Priest and a Dying Man, authored by the Marquis de Sade, and it's something I really recommend reading, um, and it's full. It's literally, um, like we said in the last episode, about a 15-minute read. Yeah. It's not very long, um, but I've been an atheist my whole life, and reading that, it kind of um, gave me like a more in-depth view of things that I had never even thought of. As an atheist, I always just said, yeah, I'm an atheist, like, that's it. But this actually gave me, like, some background and, like, some thought and, like, some things to think about and consider. Oh,
3: yeah. I actually think it's interesting that I am not an atheist, Mm -hmm. but I agree, like, I think that the Marquis' view of God is just different. Like, it seems to me that he has an idea of a higher... Something Higher like power. nature with a capital mm-hmm. N is what he worships. And I think yeah. that because I, I don't know, like I agree with what a lot of what he said, you know, mm-hmm. like I was created this way to be this way. You yeah. Know? So I think that. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I mean, you don't know. He could have called himself an atheist because he just didn't believe in a God or he could have called himself an atheist because the belief in a God, he was only allowed to if he didn't proclaim to believe in the christian god right. then he was an atheist mm-hmm. well he
0: even later in the thing goes to say well what am i supposed to believe in your god am i right. supposed to believe in um this religion's god am i supposed to really believe in this idol that these people mm-hmm. pray to yeah. what am i supposed to believe in mm-hmm. why is yours right yeah.
2: right well for me like uh i have some kind of understanding of a higher power it, it's been helpful in my recovery mm-hmm. but i I don't know if I would go as far to say it's nature the way that the, the Marquis does. But the reason that I identify as an atheist is because if I say that I believe in a God, then people assume that I believe in this, this being in the heavens, which I absolutely do not believe.
3: But I, I mean, this maybe is a separate topic, but I feel like that's shaping what you actually believe based on what you think other people will think
2: you believe. But I care what other people think I believe.
3: Ah, Because I I don't. I feel like may that not
2: hold you back. Well, because I want to spread a message. I want to spread a message that you don't have to believe in a being in the heavens. But when I, if I say quickly in passing, I believe in a God, everyone assumes that I'm on board with them. And I am very much not on board with them. Yeah. I can feel that there's a higher force. Mm-hmm. And that's why I will say higher power or a force of yeah. nature maybe. But I don't say the word God because it's been wrapped up in this one Christian blanket. Yeah. yeah,
3: yeah, I think that's a shame. Like yeah. that, it is that way. Because I will yeah. say that I do believe in God, but I don't believe I don't in any way. Associate in the next with twenty
0: years, yeah. In the next twenty years, mm-hmm. when most of the baby boomers, this got real depressing. This got <laughs> this,
1: we, we just <laughs> like a topic change. Like, I, I thought we were <laughs> gonna theology gonna about spirituality. Sex. Yeah.
0: No, in the next twenty years, <laughs> as the baby boomers go boom, um <laughs> what do you think is going to happen to religion?
2: I don't know because I feel like for for hundreds of years people have been like, religion's really going to tank after this. And the difference now
0: is the internet. Yeah. And we have a wider view of the world and what's going on. And no, not everyone everywhere believes like this. So that's what, in my opinion, is the differentiating factor. But uh, then again, I guess when modern publica- publica- publicization, well, however you say that, of
2: books. When the printing press yeah, came about and people could get publication. <laughs> Got <laughs> well, it. You have, you used to make it up. Publicization. What was the word you Public- made in time? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's I, always,
2: I, you don't have to make the word so difficult. <laughs> I always
0: add like an education or something. Yeah. To
2: it's modern if you say it that way.
0: <laughs> um, no, but I guess it would pretty. It'd probably be pretty similar where they're like, well, now books are to get around so people are going to really see what's going on oh now. yeah people are like i'm so, going to
2: write this and and everyone's going to read it and everyone's going to change their mind you know um thomas paine who lived at the time of the Marquis, wrote his book the age of reason which what in, in thomas paine ended up going to prison because he called out this almost the same thing as the Marquis. only he just slandered christianity like he took christianity put it through the ringer but he stated clearly i believe in a god mm-hmm. i just don't believe in christianity yeah and he was in prison for it. Have you, you read know? that? Yes, I have. Oh, you I didn't love send it. Send me the
0: name of that. I want all these like really good. This is the kind of books that I like. I don't like the books that are boring. Yeah, <laughs> I like the stuff sure. that's really controversial. A little bit juicy. And like, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. If the Arthur wasn't put in jail, yeah. don't bring it to exactly. me.
2: Fuck that shit. That's right. Same. Unless
0: you're one of our queer authors who have been sending us books, then keep doing that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Well, if you've been in jail, I'll probably read it faster, though.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you just get arrested for something. <laughs> yeah. All right. So at the time, Desad uh, had been imprisoned in the dungeon of Vincennes? Vincennes? Vincennes. I, I want to say
3: Vincent.
2: Vincennes. I
3: feel like we've had time to look it up, though. We <laughs> have. We haven't.
2: pushing on you for a pet. Okay. I'm right in the middle of something. I'm working. Um, so at this time, Desad had been imprisoned for four years and had had yet to see the light of day. He had spent these years pleading with his lawyer to get him out of such a horrendous place. His prison valet stated that he smoked like a chimney and ate enough for four men. The Marquis' wife was sending baskets, literally hampers of food, and he quickly devoured them. He became so overweight, he was considered by many to be grotesque.
0: Do you think he had a problem with addiction? Yes. I feel like <laughs> yes, that's... Yes, point blank. <laughs> but I feel like that's, like... Okay, well, I can't have my sexual desires, so give me food, give me cigarettes, Mm -hmm. give me... What's my next fix going to be, then?
2: It's interesting that you say that, because I happen to write, Indeed, the Count himself explained that he had a knack for being extreme and everything. Maybe Mm -hmm.
0: we should just not script anything, we should just say what we think from now on. (laughs) Yeah. That should be our podcast. No more scripting.
2: (laughs) Yeah. yet (laughs) Yet his extreme sexual urges could no longer be met, and the Count was beginning to find release in writing. So yeah, he they yeah he was very very overweight. Like yeah. there was things where it said he like couldn't even really move around much. Yeah, Jesus, I mean he's Edenist. in prison.
3: Pleasure seeker.
2: Yeah, like mm-hmm. yeah, that's the only pleasure that he has in prison. Yeah, right. Would be, my, I'd
3: probably do that too. I Just mean, smoke and eat. Jesus, you're what stuck the, in a
2: dungeon. Well, especially
0: back then where there wasn't. Yeah. I mean now, I, I've they never at least been have TV. Yeah. and they have
2: weights in the yard. Right. And yeah. It seems tattoos.
0: like him. He's really <laughs> yeah, I know. he's really like excluded from everyone, it seems like. He's behind is he's yeah. still behind 13, all these
3: doors. He's behind yeah. the 13 yeah, doors. So That's like, like how dangerous his thoughts were.
2: <clears throat> By the time the jailer brings him all this food, it's cold. <laughs> <and> stale.
3: Oh. <laughs> black bread.
0: Oh
2: god. Probably though.
0: Mm-hmm. Is the top of this paragraph or in the Yes, up? in the top. At the beginning? Yes. <laughs> it was the Marquis's own mother in law who had him put who had put him in prison and he blamed her and society's prudish stance on sex for his enslavement. This anger was channeled into a short story called Dialogue Between a Priest and a Dying Man, uh, which we read an excerpt from earlier. This story created a controversy because Desaad flat out states he does not believe in a god, which was virtually unheard of at this time. Many writers challenged religion during the 18th and 19th centuries, but few stated there was no god. Not only did the count state there is no God, but he argued why there was no God. This is what caused people to become so outraged. The Marquis wrote, It is impossible to believe what one does not understand. There must always be an obvious connection between understanding and belief. Understanding is the is the prime condition of faith.
3: I don't agree with that. No. I don't agree with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't
2: agree I, with I that. I do agree with that. I agree with that, but <laughs> no. see, and that's Those where
0: that's where the big the whole thing comes in. You have people who can believe and then people who are like, if I don't see it, then it's not real. Yeah. But that doesn't seem very fun to me. Well, know. <laughs> I guess. It's not very fun. It's not, it's not it's very pretty, fun. It's pretty depressing sometimes.
2: Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. It certainly is. This is like the ongoing conversation that Katie and I have had. Yeah. Like since the beginning of our friendship where she's like... But you're missing out on something and I'm like, I don't I don't if mind. If you don't
3: believe in magic, you never find it. <laughs> but they but I mean it's even it's even fact that like what we perceive as reality is a fraction of what is. That's so I just I think that leaves a huge amount of room. But then you just whittling.
2: making things up no, so that you can I don't think so. I don't think Have so. Have you
0: seen the mega churches and the evangelical <laughs> yeah. preachers on T V? What? You said they're making shit up, and I'm like, yeah, yeah.
3: I don't know. I feel like that's different, though. That's lumping any kind of belief into a corrupt institution, and And I I think that that's not fair. No,
0: and and, uh, in a previous episode, I even said like I don't have a problem with religion. I don't have a problem with it's
3: not even religion necessarily. Right, spirituality is the belief in something. Is the belief in a connection to something like very yogic, very spiritual? Is like there is more. I am a part of. I am connected to you. Mm-hmm. yeah you know so I think that I think that to lump any kind of belief in anything with a corrupt organization isn't it is narrow yeah I, I don't think have, it's narrow
0: I don't have any problem with any of that kind of stuff I just have a problem when people use it. To try to mind control other oh, people
3: absolutely. and that's what but I have a problem social with. social media is pretty mind controlling and like get into get, get into
2: the Alexa that you've got in your fucking kitchen. Unless you're following us on social media yeah. have your queer story. We're definitely yeah.
0: not a cult.
2: We're, <laughs> we're not mind controlling you. Go on
0: <laughs> yeah imagine if we just every music we put in is like,
2: that's like in there in
1: reverse <laughs> okay all right
2: we gotta get out of the religion because people did not come here for this religion was
3: such a huge part of his whole philosophy though this is yeah. a reoccurring theme in his writings
2: well i don't want him representing the atheist he is
3: <laughs> he. Is, he's, <laughs> he <does>. he's representing <laughs> he is representing because and it is it also ties to his like what morals quote mm-hmm. society's morals are tied to Christian <laughs> beliefs
1: mm-hmm. hey
0: guys we just wanted to give a special shout out to Patreon sponsor Michael Finn Lange check out his book titled The Night's Wishing Well today on Amazon again that's The Night's Wishing Well and you can find that on Amazon
3: they are, me, I shouldn't hurt you is, is a, I don't agree with that. That tied. is not a Christian
2: belief. That I, is a fundamental humanist belief yeah, but that Christians try to too. be like, oh, we came up with that. No, yeah. you didn't fuckers. But his
3: still, his still belief is that morals then are man made, which means they mean nothing. It's a made, which actually, I mean, philosophically, if you think about it, it's all the boundaries that we create are man-made boundaries that we created.
2: That's true. That's true. But we created them for a purpose, and I don't. And I think the purpose is not man-made. I think that's our. I think that's in a, us a, to oh, to preserve. <laughs> the, no, no a, I think it's, it's in a a us human. to preserve the human race. Yeah. Right? Caveman we are surviving. Cavemen
0: didn't have Christianity,
2: and I'm no, happy. but that's still
3: no. I'm. But that's a that's a connection that we sense that we have to each other that's not a religious thing that's a spiritual thing we have a connection to each other i
2: think i just no. i just think that's a human thing that's just that's our biology yeah but human biological (laughs) thing (laughs)
3: yeah but that's not mutually exclusive from that's not mutually exclusive from from Mm -hmm. a spiritual feeling
2: no you can you can call it spirituality or you can call it biology but that, we're but, we're, con- but we're to, connected through our genetics, not through a but force. But that doesn't
3: exclude <laughs> each other. I'm not excluding genetic. Listen, I believe in science.
1: Well, Please we know, believe we me. know you believe Please in science. Please
3: believe me. But I feel like there's this idea that one excludes the other. And I feel like that that's not necessary.
1: And I
2: feel like the spirituality is not necessary at all. I feel like the science stands up itself. But... Where and I, but I get what you're saying. You're saying because this odd, like that, was his whole thing that morals were made up. But then he used it as a justification for harming others, and that's where yeah, he used he
0: I, did use it as a justification. But
2: like we should well, we should be amor which means we can do whatever we want. And I don't mm-hmm. think that that preserves the human race. That doesn't. It's,
3: but his and he had no desire.
2: To to, yeah, exactly. Pers- he had the the no fear. because it was
3: the it was the creation doesn't exist without destruction. Mm-hmm. Life doesn't doesn't exist without death. They're polarities. One means nothing without the other. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, it's not, so so preserving the human race was not, it didn't feel necessary. It wasn't his job. That's nature's job. Mm-hmm. And nature's handling it, you know, I and handling it. it through me because I'm weeding out the weak ones.
2: Ah, wow, well. How, how nice of you, nature, to select him to help <laughs> yeah. you out. Sounds like a real uh, prophet to me. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Nature's chosen me. It's not my fault, guys. I swear to God. Mm-mm. It's not my fault. Yep. I was told to reap you and to torture you. That's what God said, not me. Actually, it sounds kind of Christian, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this insult to the strictly the one that we read so long ago now <laughs> that sparked this whole debate the insult of that understanding is the prime condition of faith which was towards the christian eastern europe uh, was only the first to come after the dialogue was published Assad was moved to bastille prison in february of 1784
0: how many doors did he have at this place
2: i don't know it doesn't mention it so not enough This location was a notoriously awful prison that would later incite crowds to riot. Yet the Count's creativity was blossoming, and later that year, he would complete his most violent work. Well, wouldn't really complete it, but he would write his most violent work, 120 Days of Sodom. It was written on a 39-foot piece of paper and stored in a copper cylinder. What?
0: Where the hell did he get a 39-foot piece of paper from?
2: I think he just... It's a scroll. <laughs> it's a scroll, yeah. They just gave him a scroll and he just started writing.
1: Mm-hmm. I
2: guess. But the manuscript wouldn't be published for hundred over 120 years. Isn't that ironic? <laughs> it was lost when peasants rushed the Bastille with the eruption of the bloody French Revolution.
0: Some have attributed the raid of the Bastille to the Marquis' own cries for help. In mid-July, the Count called out a window to those pressed... Protesting out front, they're massacring the prisoners. You must come and free them. What is he? Is he singing?
2: <laughs> they're massacring the well, prisoners.
0: No, he, he has to like yell it because he can't get to the <laughs> window because he's so big at this point. Thanks for, a
2: reen- bit <laughs> Thanks for reenacting <laughs> that for them. They're massacring <laughs> the prisoners. You must come <laughs> and free them.
0: <laughs> he was immediately transferred to an insane asylum in Charenton and would stay there for the next three years. But just days after his cry, Bastille was destroyed in the peasant revolt. Peasant revolt. Hey queers, thanks for listening to today's episode of Your Queer Story. Audible is offering a free audiobook download with your free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service.
2: I love Audible. I've had my subscription for over 2 years and it is worth every single penny. I listen to it all the time.
0: I hate to read, but I love listening to things while I work. Audible gives me the opportunity to listen to the best-selling books while I'm at my computer or driving and makes the day fly by.
2: And the best part is that Audible offers a wide variety of queer-friendly books as well. So you can listen to anything from The Queer History of the United States by Michael Bronski to over 200 LGBTQ fantasy novels.
0: To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com queer. Again, that's audibletrial.com queer for your free audiobook. How mad so He's like, really, guys. You kind of let me stay there for a few more days. Exactly. It was ten days. Yeah. Damn. Ten days later.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Some. They probably waited to revolt. To like. Save the so yeah,
2: place until after he was gone. <laughs> yeah, they're <laughs> like, "All hey, right, we can run." like, well, they, they, I heard they're gonna transfer him tomorrow. Oh, well, we could wait. Yeah, <laughs> Probably, yeah. though. Well, I'm gonna
1: wait. If you're gonna wait.
0: <laughs> All of Desaad's possessions were burned or stolen. One hundred and twenty days of Sodom was among the items taken by Arnaud de Saint Maxime, who sold the manuscript to a wealthy aristocrat. The scroll was passed down for a hundred years and then sold to a German collector who allowed sexologist Iwan Bloch to publish the novel in 1904. Can you imagine inheriting that scroll? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <Wait>, what's
1: this? <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, the, we, we passed this down in the family. There's a lot of stuff about sex in there. Don't <laughs> let your kid read it. Uh, but, you know, you can go through that. that happy wedding.
1: They're, they're saving this.
2: I don't, I guess he, he must have known it was the Marquis. I mean, he told them. So I, I guess that's why he saved it. Because otherwise... I don't know. Or maybe he just really enjoyed it. I don't know. For a hundred years, the family's like, now make sure the sex scroll doesn't get lost. When we yeah. move to the new house, yeah. above all, make sure we got the sex scroll. You got the sex scroll? I got the sex scroll. I thought <laughs> I was going to watch the sex scroll. <laughs> all right. So some have suggested that the Marquis never intended for the story to be published at all because it was so extreme. He once stated it was the most impure tale ever written since the world began. And an impure tale is an understatement. 120 days of Sodom is full of rape, torture, and a lot of descriptions of butts. Here are a few, for your pleasure.
0: Um, there was Constance. Her back was turned in an extraordinary way, its lines sweeping deliciously down to the most artistically and the most precisely cleft-ass nature with an N. Has produced in a long time. With a capital N. Of course it's with an L, as opposed
1: to nature.
0: (laughs) Nature with an L, guys. It's nature. Uh, Nothing could have been more perfectly round, not very large, but firm, white, dimpled, and when it was opened, what used to peep out but the cleanest, most winsome, most delicate hole. It's real descriptive. Mm -hmm. I didn't know he saw a picture of me, but... (laughs) <laughs> delicate old my man. ass
3: <laughs> then Adelaide how magnificently were those buttocks cut what whiteness there what dazzling rose blush but all in all it was on the small side <laughs> that's a <laughs> to so fashionable
1: he actually
2: talked a lot more about her her butt and everything and then one of the douchebags of the story Doucette his ass is cool and fresh chubby firm and dimpled but excessively a gap, owing to the habit of sodomy. Oh. <laughs> you
0: open it, just wind. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Hello down there. Hello, <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> oh. So
2: the hundred and twenty days of Sodom. We, I think we have a couple more excerpts that we wanted yeah. to read. We'll get together. Um,
3: this it's so. a catalog. It's a catalog of fa- his fantasies. Like if you imagine. A little kid who can imagine like this is my wonderland and this is where the bounce house is and this is the table of candy and this is where all like the action figures and stuffed animals like this is his it's his catalog of fantasies there's he collected this group of young women and this is how they looked and this group of old women for for the fantasies of like gilf stuff you know and Mm -hmm. the the old women are haggard and they're supposed to watch the young women and there's these beautiful young men and it's 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 basically like he collected these people in his fantasy and this is what they (laughs) ate and these are their punishments for not doing these things that they're supposed to do these are the sexual fantasies just catalogs of lots of stuff Lots of shit play. Lots of it's it's Which very, is called scat play. Scat play. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't. The word scat. I don't like. I. It's what it's called. I just don't like the word. I think we don't have
2: to use it. I'm just saying. If the, yeah, it's, it's
3: called scat. It's called scat play. Yeah. Um, and he even to the point of this is what the, the prisoners are allowed to eat. There's a lot of a lot of sodomy is like one of his favorite favorite favorites.
2: So they <laughs> no kidding, 120 days. Yeah, on it. 120
3: <laughs> days of it. So there's things that he like deprived these prisoners of eating, um, because it, it affects their stool that type of thing. Um, and then there's there's just catalogs of very imaginative tortures and punishments. Like if you've read any Anne Rice, like the Sleeping Beauty fairy tales type of thing, not to speak ill on those books but because i read these tortures and these punishments first and i've become accustomed to like his imagination (sighs) hers is a lot of spanking and it gets very repetitive okay so so his um like the 24th day he cuts off one of her ears see to it that you oh oh and then he left little notes to to whoever is reading it he cuts off her ears. He slits her lips and nostrils. Having sucked and bitten it, he pierces her tongue with a hot iron. Like, it's very, it's very violent. It's almost like, it is almost like he's a child. He's dissecting these people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, the way, it's, it's, it's just this very, it's very dark fantasy of what would he, it's like the movie Hostile. What would okay. you do to a person if you could do anything to this person? Yeah. You know, like how it's like how is he inspecting how these people are put together and how is he
2: taking them apart? Right. Uh, so I think they call those serial killers now. Right? <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing is, like, so you know, I said, Well, we can make fun of some of these descriptive details, and while these stories are fictional, they are also very erotic as well as very disturbing. Mm-hmm. The book is vile. It's filled with rape, incest, and pedophilia. It is certainly not something we're promoting, yet also... Is it any different than the Game of Thrones? Right. You know, if you are not familiar with the Game of Thrones, if you're one of the three people in America, like Katie, who I somehow have. hasn't seen it, <laughs> you know, the two of the main characters are brother and sister that are madly in love and have three children. So there's all the incest there. And
0: they're twins. They're not even, they're twins. Just, yeah.
2: Just obsessed with their, there's a, there's a lot of rape and torture of children. There's just a lot. Of, I mean, I remember like, Children
0: burned alive. Children
2: burned alive. I remember one uh, story of a man, like it was like early on in the series where like this, they had this guy and he's he's strapped down to a chair and they put a rat in a barrel on his stomach and then they light the end of the barrel so the the rat chews through the man trying to run away from the the fire and it's like this is one of the most popular series in. America right now. So you, you you know you could read this story and say, oh wow, this is how how can we champion this man? It's not championing the man, but I mean George R. R. Martin is like a hero now, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. He's writing these graphic m- stories of just horrendous a- atrocities. A man gets
0: strapped to like a a, a table basically, mm-hmm. and he gets his dick cut off, and he gets beat and tortured, and pikes stuck through his foot mm-hmm. until he's into submission, and yeah. then he and he's crawling around like a dog, right? So. Yeah. you can't listen to these stories or read these stories and be so appalled and then sit down with your family and watch Game of Thrones next week
3: right right I think there's like this there's a fascination with with violence and sex and when they come together I think because I think that we have these these the shadow part of us and mm-hmm. I think when we look at it when we're faced with it it's scary that humans are capable of mm-hmm. this and there are people who want to to do this to you, or to you know whether or not you're interested, and yeah. I think it's it, it goes back through history. It's sex yeah. and violence.
2: Yeah, and we are obsessed with it. And so, yeah, the thing about the Marquis is that his writings are important because they allow people to explore this part. Mm-hmm. You know, and we talked about this a little bit, and I wanted to elaborate a little more. They allow people to explore these fantasies that you. It's not you're not. It's not saying these fantasies are right or wrong, but you. It says. Hey, I had these fantasies and this other person goes, I've had these fantasies too. Mm-hmm. I'm and not what do alone. we do with it? I'm not right. alone.
0: how can we take these writings, these fantasies, and turn it into something consensual mm-hmm. where we can And enjoyable. Enjoyable yeah. and live out these fantasies mm-hmm. and then still go home at the end of the day and be fine. Right. Right.
3: Because just as there there are the the sadists mm-hmm. who want to inflict pain, there's the masochist, mm-hmm. which you could go into Leopold von Sacher-Masoch, who maybe just like no offense to him, he's not as interesting but there's <laughs> that there's the other half there's the other half there's the person who wants to be abused yeah you know so it's like these people align with each other in just mm-hmm. this great way you know yeah. so i think i think i think it's important that people know that fantasy is all right fantasy yeah. is allowed as long as you find
2: a proper a outlet. A proper outlet a, a constructive, constructive way. outlet so, like, when I, went, so when I left the church cult and I was exploring, like, I was introduced to this, an individual who I, of course, I have no idea what anything is, you know, I'm like, lived in a cult for 23 years, I had barely had sex with my husband, like, twice, and I, and I'm introduced to this individual who's just, like, casually mentions that They have a... You want to go
0: beat a few people and... Well, they're like,
2: I was like, I thought I was revealing this big secret to them because I was like, okay, so here's the thing. I'm gay. And they're like, oh, that's nice. I have a stable of men. And I was like, what is a stable of men? (laughs) They're like, you know, for like kink and BDSM. And I was like, what is that? And so then like two weeks later, I'm in Chicago and we go up and they're like, I'm going to... By um, the
0: way, um, Suzanne... Stop listening now. Yeah. Turn it off. Turn it off.
2: I can't find the button. <laughs> Hit the stop button.
1: It's um. a square.
2: But in
3: real life, she's like, the children have no idea. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've been at it since oh, before my they were God. born. Probably,
2: though. My right.
3: trunk of latex. <laughs> All
1: right, so now I'm going to tell my fiance to turn this off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She's not being forced to imagine her mother.
2: <laughs> um, so, anyways, so, so two Susie weeks... Q. So, <laughs> okay. So, anyways, two weeks after learning about this stable of men and barely knowing what it is, we're in Chicago and we go up to meet one of their... Uh, stable boys? They, they return to the as stable boys and I, like, go to the restroom and I come out and this guy is in a corner, and he's completely naked, well, except for a pair of pink panties. He has clothespins all over his body, and this person is standing over him with a flogger and just beating the shit out of him.
0: And you were like, "Fuck!"
2: And I'm like, <laughs> "I'm like." only half a glass of wine in so <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna need a box this was far before I'm i got pretty sure <laughs> that
0: book that i've been reading for the past 23 years says that this is really like, not <laughs> what
2: the hell is happening but this motherfucker on the ground was just enjoying the fuck out of it i mean he was loving it and i was like and so i was exposed to this world where it was, and i was like and i learned there was actually a very beautiful relationship between the dom and the submissive like mm-hmm. each was fulfilling a need that they couldn't get and most of these people were 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 married individuals mm-hmm. that could not fill this need in their their marriage you know so it but it was a very it was a very respectful consensual relationship that filled the needs of two people that's mm-hmm. what i'm saying you know
3: most definitely
2: yeah and and so um, the argument surrounding the Marquis' writing is not whether it is right, but whether it should be censored and banned. Censorship in queer history is a sore subject as most benign love stories had been forbidden from public bookshelves and sold silently in underground markets. While many left advocates call for no censoring such as feminists, such as Simone de Beauvoir, we must remember that this also allows for the most impure tale ever written. So I think we talked about censorship. Uh, briefly, in the past episode,
0: absolutely no censorship.
1: Absolutely, absolutely no. I don't think anything should no. be censored. No.
0: Nope. Here's so I think anything, but then you're like, well, slippery slope. Yeah, it's a very slippery slope. I think so. There, I, I was listening to a lot of stuff about um, recently. There were blueprints to print 3D, like you know the 3D printers that are going around. <laughs> there was blueprints for a gun that were mm-hmm. going around. And they got banned. The government was like, "You cannot, you absolutely cannot distribute blueprints for a gun. Mm-hmm. Like then anybody could just print a gun at their house." And I was listening to that, and it went back into how the government censored. They there was this author who wrote books like "How to Kill People." Like he had these books that were I read. Gay. Abby
3: Hoffman steal this book.
0: I should read that. You should read that. But they wrote things how to kill people, how to hire a hitman. And they were like, you can't help someone commit a crime. So they like censored those. What do you think about that?
3: I mean, some people don't necessarily need instruction. And I just don't think that a book about it is, I just think it's, I think it's slippery.
0: The reason they got banned is someone committed a crime, hired someone to commit a crime, found that book, like they solved the crime, found that book in his possession and found that he had, followed like a very large percent of the steps in that book
2: but a person still has a choice to follow those steps that's true but should you
0: empower someone who has those desires with easy but then do
3: you want to get into like violent video games yeah. Do you want to get yeah. into rock and roll no, music? I'm Do exactly. oh, you, <laughs> you want to get into the hip hop? Right. right. It's like people who want a negative, violent influence are going to find it somewhere. Yeah. Because it already exists within them. And
2: they just want to blame someone else. Because, I mean, you're right. As soon as she hit on video games, you were like, oh, no, 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 no. Right. right? So
3: it's like, then what?
2: You can literally sit and, p- and play a video game where you rape and murder a prostitute. Then right. pee on the prostitute and run away.
3: You know? Like, in, the, <laughs> yeah. in, in Steal This Book, Abby Hoffman, he tells you how to make Molotov cocktails. You Mm -hmm. know, so this information exists anyway. If you read Fight Club, Mm -hmm. Tyler Durden will teach you, like, this plus this equals napalm. You know, so this information exists anyway. And if people want it, they'll find it. Do you know someone made the first... Molotov cocktail, somebody made. Mm-hmm. Just like we ate that ghost pepper. Somebody, the first, somebody was like, let's see what happens. Yeah. You know? So whether or not that information is given to them by an outside source, like it's not going to stop existing.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's very true. I don't know. So I'm going to read another excerpt yeah. from 120 Days of Sodom. Day 119. He places a young boy in a machine which stretches him, dislocating his bones he is meticulously and thoroughly broken then removed them from the machine given a chance to recover his breath exposed to the process again and so it continues for several days until the patient's death day 122 he has a pretty girl pollute and fatigue a young boy he is drained very dry indeed but still the girl toils over him he is given no nourishment and eventually dies in horrible convulsions
3: i think that means she jerked him off until, yeah, he, until died. he died yeah until he died
0: that would be really painful.
2: Just like just going raw like your raw dick, just like just raw.
3: But then it's like, yeah, look at saw. Look at like yeah. People yeah. have such a fascination with how do I hurt another person in what offy kind of strange, bizarre way? Right? Can I yeah. jerk a kid off until he
2: dies? You and know, a well, you're
0: getting rid of nutrients. So i mean, you're <laughs> going to be like, you
2: are going to die. Clearly, he's yeah. got no electrolytes. <laughs> so, but, but then again, like stopping to say like, we're talking about exploring fantasies and writing out and the marquee was able to release. He didn't do these things. He was really able. It's kind of like that whole porn thing. Like, should you be allowed to watch porn, certain types of porn, because it lets you live out a fantasy rather than acting on the fantasy right. rather
3: than like stewing in it and bottling it it's very tricky
2: it is very tricky and we're not promoting or any of this we're just saying this is it this is Mm -hmm. you know it is
3: it simply is just like was he a good person or was he a bad person it doesn't matter it doesn't mean anything he was
2: he was you know we
3: are it's we are as we are there is there are i don't good people bad people is sort of a meaningless it's sort of, mm-hmm. if you ask me, feels like a meaningless concept because a good person doesn't exist in a vacuum. A bad person doesn't exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a, it's, it's always the polarity needs the other side in order to
2: exist. I think that the good it brings more. I think that the good helps us to exist longer.
3: Yeah. Because I mean, the
2: good exists, we have more people existing. And it's, I'm not, I'm not saying that the bad aren't there, but, you know, in tests uh, done, there is a, um there's a book called The Origin of Virtue written by Matthew Ridley and he talks about like where does virtue come from why are we virtuous why do we have morals Mm -hmm. right we talked about like Mm -hmm. we don't need you know the the marquee said we didn't need morals Mm -hmm. and he talks about studies that were done and about like the tit-for-tat society Mm -hmm. and you and the people that were always the taker drove the society down
3: absolutely and the
2: people that were always givers also didn't thrive yeah but when you put them together the society thrived, not not encouraging anyone to be the taker because the taker loses in the end. Okay, so
0: I definitely think that there are some good people, and like I can say that there are bad people. Everything is balance. No murderers are bad people. Rapists are bad people.
2: Hurting another human being is bad. But then, what about sadists? Well, hurting another, but the but the sadist, if the sadist finds someone who wants to be harmed, then finds the masochist. Then but
3: like le- I like I. Mm-hmm. It's an it's a balance. Everything is about balance.
2: But you could also argue that the sadist, though they though they are first feeding their own desire, is also helping someone. Like in, in my adventures in that realm. The sadist what, was also looking out for desires that the masochist wanted, mm-hmm. and the, and if you were a proper dom or master, mm-hmm. then you were feeding, you know, yeah. you were you were feeding their desires as well as your own. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just about you. So I don't think that this person is being harmed in that situation. It, on well, the no, that's it actually may. that's
3: like the the number one rule of BDSM, like the law is do uh-huh. no harm. Right. But I'm saying. In the scheme of nature, capital N. Mm-hmm. It's creation and destruction.
0: But in the know. human nature, if you're harming someone intentionally, you're a bad person.
3: It's, it's very,
2: I feel like it's So simple. is a
0: Zodiac killer a bad person? Well,
3: that's
2: that's not, not what it is
0: about. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, that's not, she's not saying that you can kill individual people. <laughs> that's, that's the idea. I understand mm-hmm. your idea of creation and destruction. Mm-hmm. Ah, see, we got all philosophical. We got, it's, well,
3: we're talking about a philosopher. You're
2: talking about a philosopher, a very controversial philosopher mm-hmm. who went to the dark side to talk about, you know, the dark side of philosophy, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't all rainbows no. and robes and, you know. Right. Whatever. Right
0: here? Yeah. While 120 days of Sodom wouldn't be exposed to outrage the public for over a century, the Marquis was not done writing. In 1788, while still imprisoned in the insane Asylum, the Count managed to distribute a book titled Crimes of Passion, a series of short stories. In seven, Did he just, like, throw it out the window?
2: <laughs> he had it smuggled out mm-hmm. by people that were visiting him. So, oh. I don't know. It was weird because, like, on one hand, they're like, he's locked behind 13 doors, which at this point he wasn't. But they're like, he's locked away, but then also his wife is sending him for of food. Point, and...
3: At some point, I'm not sure if it was after this or before this, his, his woman... No his later. wife had had divorced him. His That's woman, later, yeah, yeah um, convinced the guards that she was family mm-hmm. and like s- posted up with him.
0: Oh. Yeah, and they were just—I guess they were fine with it. Yeah, and I so. guess I'm just letting everybody in the prison these are, mm-hmm. those days. chilling <laughs> In 1790, the Marquis was released from prison as the as the commoners began to defeat the aristocrats and strike down the government and strike down government rule. Dessaud's wife was finally through with him, though, mm. and asked for a separation. His sons were thoroughly disgusted with with their father, and are and are the main reason most of his works were later lost. The newly freed count started his life anew.
2: Yeah, his, well, just we, I mentioned it in, but yeah, his son. Uh, I think his second son is the one who burned most of his works, like yeah. did not want it out.
0: Well he probably was like, I don't want my name to be attached mm-hmm. yeah, to this in any sort of
2: way. Yeah. So but as always the Marquis was a paradox in himself. While he called out his own class of the wealthy, and while he preached socialism and the abolition of property, he still insisted on keeping his castle and his land for himself. <laughs> it's
1: I'm fine totally, if do it. a man of his we principle should totally
2: share <laughs> but also I'm gonna keep this for me. Yeah. <laughs> Another seeming contradiction was the Marquis's abhorrence of public slaughter. I thought this was really weird. Yeah. The French Revolution was rife with this, and it comes as a surprise that a man who talks so much about violence in his books was so troubled by the open bloodshed. In 1792, he obtained a position as secretary and then president of a revolutionary section in Paris. Part of his job was condemning unworthy aristocrats to death. However, the Marquis could not bring himself to condone the murder of a family he felt were not deserving. In his resignation letter, he wrote, I consider myself obliged to leave the chair of the vice president. They wanted me to put a horrible, inhuman act to a vote, and I never would. So he's like writing about these graphic Mm -hmm. scenes of torture in 120 Days of Sodom, and then they're like, all right, we just want you to send us this uh, family to the guillotine, and he was like, the the guillotine. guillotine. It's like, no, nah, I'm not, uh, that's, that's, well, that's, that's inhuman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, then it
0: goes back to, this is my fantasy. This isn't something right. I really want to see. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just like, uh, and also it says that he was a coward. So maybe to him, yeah. he wants to see these, but maybe he doesn't want to be responsible.
2: Yeah. Some... Do you think this, what, do you think that in modern days, a marquee would be an incel?
3: Hard to say. A what? An Hard to incel. say.
2: An incel is an invert is uh, what is it? An involuntary, involuntary
3: celibate.
2: Involuntary celibate. Basically, they're guys that sit to be on a the bit computer. Hateful. Yeah, they sit on the computer, they're very sexist. Mm-hmm. They're very like hateful towards women and talk and they like write out all these fantasies of what they would do to women, but they also never are with a woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they they write about rape and torture and all this bullshit and oh, I if I saw a girl, I do this and this, but they never leave their fucking basement to do anything about mm-hmm. it. So I wonder if, like...
3: I don't know.
0: But then it says he, like, lures these women to his house, so... And
2: when he was younger, he had. But by now, he's been in prison for a while, and he wasn't. He was still, like... He started hooking up with prostitutes again, but it wasn't like before. It wasn't like in his younger days.
3: It's hard to know. Like, I would love... Because there's no sort of writing on how he converses with people like how does yeah. he carry yeah. himself you know because it's well I mean if he got elected
0: as like a president he's exactly. got to have
3: some sort of charm he's got to have some kind of way with words you know part of me feels like he's super good at like pontificating yeah you know so there might be and there's been a couple of times where I've been like I see your point
1: you know, <laughs> know what I'm saying
3: like well
0: when I, I just reading feel the, like the dying the priest and the dying mm, man uh-huh. I was like
2: huh he's good at persuading people well and also a lot of his affairs were consensual it's not like he could only get laid by raping i think part of that was like the fantasy of like taking control of someone he writes about that like Mm -hmm. the the pleasure of taking control of someone who doesn't want to be controlled and that those who were too willing weren't as fun for him right so that was that but it but he had a lot of people that wanted to sleep with him so i don't i don't know it's hard to say it's hard to say
0: As a result of this step down um, stepping down from his position um, as president president, the Marquis was imprisoned on charges of moderatism. Moderatism.
2: moderatism which just literally means why is there an he's extra too ask? moderate I don't know this is the one time where they added something that didn't need to be
0: <laughs> usually they just don't throw it in there the, Mar- the Marquis was imprisoned on the charges of moderatism he spent 375 days in jail and wrote in disgust about the revolutionaries
3: a lot of political writing
0: yeah
3: he got a beef he did a lot of like political beef writing which is kind of fun to read yeah like his insults on like politicians yeah. and stuff
0: yeah <laughs> that sounds good so he wrote, my government imprisonment with the guillotine before my eyes did me a hundred times more harm than all the Bastille's imaginable.
2: So literally, he's like watching the guillotine was worse than being in that horrible prison in Bastille. So I, I can know. just,
0: I mean, just imagine, I'm sure people are being executed daily and like over and over here. So he's just like sitting here just watching these people just like their life end. Mm-hmm. In front of his eyes, right. and it's an awful. It's just,
2: it shows the the humanity. He, is a, to, human. Um, he is yeah. a human.
3: He's not just. He's not just like a monster.
2: Yeah. Well, in spite of the terror and death, Desaad had his first work officially published in 1771. It was called Justine: The Misfortunes of Virtue, and would go on to be his most well-known piece to this day. His work became popular and began to circulate around all of Europe. In 1797, the Count published an extension of the novel, though only the Netherlands dared to openly sell it. Finally, the book was revived one last time in 1801 and entitled The New Justine. This one included 100 erotic engravings and a continuation about Justine's sister, Juliette. The two stories combined were over 4,000 pages and made up of 10 novels. Yeah. And this is your favorite book?
3: This is one, This one is of one of them. Books? This is one I probably read the most of. Um, Juliet and Justine are sisters.
2: Give us a quick, a quick summary. Of
3: Justine? Of of, of the whole thing. Okay, so Juliet and Justine are sisters and they're born into wealth. And their father is like accused of, they lose all their money. Mm -hmm. They lose all their money and their father goes to a debtor's prison and the mother dies.
2: Okay.
3: So they're orphaned. They're orphaned. And Juliet is the older sister and she's very... Mm -hmm sexual like from childhood so she's so she's 16 and justine is like 12 and juliet is like i'm free i'm free and i can do whatever the fuck i want and justine is like oh no now we're poor and what will i do his virtuous characters are insufferable he specifically and intentionally writes them as pathetic okay justine is because he thinks that hard virtue to read. is it's, pathetic. It's, it's, pathetic. it's okay. weak. It's very mm-hmm. weak. Mm-hmm. So, so what it is? So, Justine, it's basically her travels and her, her misfortunes because she's not willing to trade sex for money because mm-hmm. she's not willing to become a robber.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: She bounces from one place to the next, just being abused. She's being abused, and she ends up in jail, and this time, whatever. Like it's it's how. She has sacrificed wealth and abundance and good times for her pathetic and man-made virtue. Like it's mm-hmm. disgusting. And Juliet is a whole separate book. It's a much larger book.
1: Yeah.
3: And Juliet immediately is like, let's party. Let's do it. Let's fucking do it. So she ends up at a, at a she ends up at a convent and there is some like super sexy, like none-on-none, like lesbian mentoring. And it's basically, she becomes a woman of power. She uses, she uses her sexuality and her sadistic nature and her, her willingness to do what she fucking wants. To take what it is that she wants. And she becomes very wealthy and powerful. And there's even, like, a scene where there's uh, sex with a giant, And this giant's cock is so big that he fucks this little girl until she is dead. Not little girl as in child, Mm -hmm. so much as small in size. Just
1: petite. Small in size.
3: And so it's like brings in a little bit of like fantasy and it's just strong villainous lesbian characters and strong villains. Mm -hmm. And in his writings, virtue or morality or the good, in quotes never ever ever has one never has one never will one
1: so he's
2: like the, the one of the few writers where like mm-hmm. the good doesn't triumph over never. evil evil triumphs
3: evil triumphs over evil
2: hmm. over evil triumphs evil. there's yes. all evil in the world it's
3: all everyone is evil and everyone wants to be evil but they're just denying their capital N nature
2: and do you believe that's true of people in I, I
3: think that that's too simple okay I think that that's too simple I think we all absolutely have a shadow we all have a shadow like a okay. shadow self. Yes, you too. I
0: Paul. do not. Have <laughs> a self. I am the most pure and innocent. Pure,
3: just light, uh, just a light uh, being. I am. Mm.
0: Jesus. Yes. So
2: I think As we all, all the have crosses a in the
0: house that don't exist fall. <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah, so you know if you want to you know you could check out justine or juliet which i would say like read better. both
0: i and, would say
3: read both because and it's two if, sides
0: if you want some uh, an easy way to find them they will be linked on our post on our website yeah so if you go to the website uh yourqueerstory.com just click on the episode i'll have the links in there you can yeah. find yeah. the books on amazon through there
2: yeah so all right yeah so um go ahead
0: Though the novels were published as anonymous, on March sixth, soldiers tracked the author at his publisher's. Under order of Napoleon, the Marquis de Sade was imprisoned once again. It's like my father. <laughs> <laughs> Holy your father's Just not dropped. as interesting. No, my uneducated. father is not. My father <laughs> actually posted a picture of his angle bracelet. on Facebook
3: have you
2: seen it I saw have you seen it it? I'll show you after I'm not on Facebook Uh, I'll post it on Twitter that is a real winner (laughs) yeah Uh, Yeah. oh but I just want to interject that Napoleon himself like was like super offended by this like just uh, like cause Napoleon Napoleon was such a fucking stand up guy you should
3: have seen some. didn't he and uh what's his woman's name Josephine
2: yeah Josephine there some of
3: their letters were very
2: juicy yeah Mm -hmm. yeah I don't yeah Oh, interesting.
3: People love sex.
0: They, of course. He. Mm-hmm. Uh, where is that? Oh. <laughs> he devoted those years, the years he spent uh, the remainder of his life in prison, to writing the story The Days of Florbel, also known as Nature Unveiled. While he intended to make it another 10-volume series, he never made it past the second book. He is also credited with writing The Marquis de Grange and a few short historical novels.
2: So he spent his remaining days in Sherenton, the, the prison. Sherenton, the prison for the criminally insane. It seems that after time, he quieted and became tired of fighting. He-
3: Actually, interject here. Yeah. Um, this is where Quills takes place. If you see yes. the movie Quills, if you maybe have heard about it, it's Jeffrey Rush's Marquis de Sade. Kate Winslet is like a chambermaid; she's a laundry maid, and Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, I can never pronounce his name. Is the Abbe?
2: Yeah,
3: you can. Uh, Michael Caine is super. Super evil. That's a good
2: movie. Yeah, the quills. Quills. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen it. It's it's a it's very interesting. It's a little sexy. Oh, it's it's sexy. It's a sexy. If you like, um, if you like weird sex, if you like watching dead people have sex, uh, watch it. It's only a
3: dream. But it, like, it's a very quilt.
2: <laughs> it's only a dream. It's a good movie. It's a
3: good movie. You it's
2: know, a good movie. It get, yeah, yeah. So, get it. um So the Marquis, as he was in prison here, would write comedies for the other inmates that were turned into plays. Somehow his mistress managed to, this was a new mistress, managed to get Constance. on. Constance. Constance. Ah.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: His mistress, man, uh, Constance, managed to get on the premises and he would take walks with her outside. He remained strong in his atheism, yet he no longer openly fought religion. One Easter Sunday, he even broke the bread and took up the collection in the prison church. What he was collecting from prisoners, we do not know, but he passed that basket anyways <laughs> like a good Christian.
0: You got the hooch. Just pour
2: a little bit in as the board comes around. He visited with the archbishop and kept disparaging remarks about religion to a minimum. This is a man who spent half of his life confined to the walls of a cell. He was a broken man. He died in his sleep on December 2nd, 1814 at 74 years old. Yep, he lived a long life for that time. And like we said, he and I don't know if we said it this episode, but he spent half of his life in prison. That he spent over 30 jail. years in prison. And most of it was because of his writings, it, yeah. you know, and because yeah. he refused to be quiet about his... Beliefs. Yeah, his... Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yep. When writing his will, the Marquis had stated he wanted his body to be bur- buried in secret in order that all trace of my existence be removed from the memory of man. Governments around the world tried hard to make this happen. Most of his works were not published until the 1950s, and even then, publisher Jacques Pauvert—think I, I said that right? Pauvert. Oh. Jacques Pauvert was charged by the French government in 1956 for publishing the books. While many certainly tried to erase him, especially his own family, many of the Marquis's works survive today. Regardless of what one may think of them, these works challenged a government's right to dictate what its citizens may read and absorb. They challenge conventional relationships and sex as a whole. Though the Marquis is not a hero, he is an example of how the different are treated.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I, I, like we said before, like, a lot of it, you have to remember that yes we can look at it today and say "Well, was his rape was wrong and uh you know having sex with minors was wrong but that wasn't why people were upset because at right. that era People having sex with minors were common. Rape was very common. It wasn't a criminal offense. Because and,
0: there were no women who even thought about having any kind of power. It was exactly, all men in power. Right. And all the the people who were in power were like, Well, I raped someone last week. It's not that big of a deal.
2: Right, exactly. And so and it's and it's sexist and it's horrible, and we're not condoning that, but but looking at the time, the reason that he was persecuted was because of his kink lifestyle. And that's what we're focusing on. Um, so and I guess my question is like how do you think this story affects perceptions of the BDSM world?
3: I think that um, I think that it gives people who aren't involved an idea that it is non-consensual,
1: mm-hmm.
3: that it is explicitly violent, and I think that some people, I think that it, it, there are some abusive people who take it as a, a go-ahead mm-hmm. that my desire to so there's a difference there's a difference between sexual sadism disorder is the it's only fun for me if it is actually non-consensual okay that's the disorder and then there's the bdsm sadism which is an exchange it's mm-hmm. a power exchange it's a fulfilling for both parties Yeah. and i think that there are people i'm not a doctor <laughs> i'm not okay. a doctor we've i said it before um there are people who have an actual desire to cause harm, mm-hmm. and the 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 rule, the law of one of them at least is do no harm. And I think there are people who use it as a beautiful, beautiful go ahead that mm-hmm. I'm going to find a submissive or a person that I view as weak, and I'm yeah. going to abuse them. Yeah. So, and I think that a lot of people that are outside of the community, they they maybe see that and just relate relate that dominance, right dominance is abusive yeah and and abusive is dominance
2: i've found that like when i've talked to friends that i've had that have suffered abuse in the past Mm -hmm. and i've talked about some of my experiences like they cringe and and to them it's horrible Mm -hmm. you know and the reality is that what i experienced were very consensual very loving relationships like i was good friends with people Mm -hmm. that i would had these experiences with like, you know, we enjoyed each other's company. This wasn't just about sex. Right. And, you know, but like, like you said, the outside world looking in, this it's like, why would you want under, right. to undergo this? Like, why would you, like, feminists get furious if a woman wants to submit to a man in right. this way, right. you know?
0: It, everybody has their own kinks, their own desires, their own wants, mm-hmm. and again, as long as it's consensual, it mm-hmm. shouldn't be shamed. No. Exactly,
2: And so... I guess, so as we wrap this up, what I would encourage people to do is, um, if you've had, like, thoughts and fantasies, explore them more. Maybe read some of these works. If you message us, we can put you in contact with maybe some other outlets. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're not going to advertise them here, but if you message us on any of your queer story, any of our um, sites or um, social media, we can put you in in contact with some other ways that you can explore that are healthy and, Or come to the shop. Uh, and of course, yeah, if you live in or around Rhode Island, go to
3: go to Mr. Sister on the east side of Providence, yeah, um all of us are There's super street, right Street. Wickenden. Oh, Wickenden. Wickenden. Yeah. all of us are super down to help, exactly we are interested, we are loving, we are compassionate, we are enthusiastic,
2: yeah, Mr. Sister in Rhode Island, and if you're not in Rhode Island, like I said, reach out to us, we'll put you in in touch with some other sort resources for you. Uh, we just want to give a little love to the kink, BDSM community, or those who just want to break that vanilla box a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, just step it out a little Spice bit. Spice
0: things up a little bit. Yeah. that's right. <laughs> uh, so that's all we have time for today, everyone. Uh, next week, we promise to have a much lighter topic for you, so make sure you tune in. Your recommended resource for the day is...
2: What's that shop again?
0: Um,
2: online? Kitten's
3: Craft Corner. Mm-hmm yeah again 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 check out uh rebecca at kittens craft corner she's on etsy i think she's out of ohio if you are in need of an adult passy for whatever reason be it cgl um caregiver little or if you're a raver or if you've got an anxiety issue and you want something to chew on she makes any number of passies and they're just she oh the care she puts in is just incredible Check her out. She's super. She's wonderful.
2: Right, and remember, you can uh, look for the the uh, film Quills Mm -hmm. with Jeffrey Jeffrey Rush. Jeffrey Rush. Um, Also, any of the Marquis de Sade's books, if you want to check them out.
3: Actually, and if you want to read philosophy in the boudoir, if you want, sort of, it's a dialogue, so it's kind of easy to digest.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. That's
3: a good one. That's his philosophy, super condensed in a in a dialogue.
0: Philosophy and the boudoir. Philosophy
3: and the boudoir.
0: Okay. All right. Um, and also, a special shout out again to our patrons. Thank you so much for yes. making this possible. Um, and remember, you can always donate on our Patreon page. Even one dollar a month adds up and and uh, really helps us
2: out. And don't forget to subscribe and download our podcast. Every download helps. Follow us on social media at your queer story. So have a good day, queerstians. Don't get a lobotomy and have some anal sex tonight. Preferably.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you are listening and follow us on social media at Your Queer Story.
0: Like what you heard? Want to share your story? Send us a voice message to add to the podcast from the Anchor app or at anchor.fm slash yourqueerstory.
1: And if you would like to support the work we do or get exclusive content, check us out on patreon.com slash yourqueerstory.
0: See you next week. Bye. Bye.